Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me as ever from across the pond, he's a statesman, to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well, Matt. I hope everything is well over there on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, my It seems like my family and entire family and extended has been ravaged by COVID. And I am the only one holding on now. I'm literally, I'm holding on. To, I'm like Obi-Wan at the end of The Phantom Menace, holding on as Darth Maul, a.k.a. COVID, looks down waiting to strike. I'm still hanging in there, not getting it. But that aside, though, my friend, it's my week off this week, which has been ravaged by COVID. Um, so I've uh, had a pretty chill out week. Caught a couple of films and a few other things I'll mention later on as well. But uh, other than that, my friend, I can't really complain, so uh, I won't. How about you, though? Are you keeping uh, Florida safe? Yeah, you know, we're, we're doing our thing here. It's uh, it's the, the spring is kind of upon us. It was cold earlier this week. Now it's not. Um, we've got a lot of movies coming out, which is exciting. Uh, you know, as like last month, there was only a couple of releases, but like, this the last two weeks there were three drops at, at the, our local theater like three big movies or big is a strong word three movies um some big some small and uh you know it's exciting um as we're seeing that and just like you know there's just stuff going on and it's been busy and uh i'm ready to, to really dive in and, and talk about um all of the champagne we have access to that could maybe i don't know fill the nile like i feel like Ooh. you know Whoa. like it's, we have so much, so much champagne. If you disagree, you might be in denial. Oh, oh no. Come on, uh, come on. Come I on. will that be jokes. leaving. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd just like to say thanks everyone for listening for the last four or five years, but this is the last episode. Last now one, no. Because uh, of we that. Kid. <laughs> we kid, of course. No, no. Um, never, never. For life. No, yeah, the, the BAMP will never die. Um, however, this film does involve death, and this week we are giving a non-spoiler review of Death on the Nile. Again, no spoilers. The spoiler review will drop in a few days' time on Monday. So if you haven't seen Death on the Nile, then fear not. We're not going to spoil it other than what's in the synopsis. Or if you've read Agatha Christie's book, then yes, probably know what happens. My understanding is that if you adapt an Agatha Christie novel, you cannot change anything. Um, they're very strict with the uh, the property, apparently. Pretty much, uh, there there have been there are a few changes and amendments made to uh, characters or characterizations, at least in in the book from in the ad- adaptation. Sorry, in on screen, but the story itself remains faithful. Um, by uh, Kenneth Branagh, who directs it, is written by Michael Green, and it stars. It's got a very good cast, and amongst others, Tom Bateman, Annette Bening, Kenneth Branagh as um, Hercule Poirot. Uh, Russell Brand, Leticia Wright, Army Hammer, woo, and Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, uh, star in this again, as I mentioned, amongst many others. The synopsis reads, while on vacation on the Nile, Hercule Poirot, Hercule Poirot, sorry, must investigate the murder of a young heiress. <sighs> Critically now, let's see how it's doing. 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, Metascore has it at 53 IMDb user score is 6.7 out of 10 and Letterboxd has it as three out of five. And this is a rarity almost nowadays that it's only released in theaters. So if you can get out yeah. on, uh, and see this film, theaters is the only place that you can do it. Um, and safely, yeah, do it safely. And safely, masks on, keep your hands sanitized and don't be touching or licking anyone in a cinema. 
keep that stuff out of it. Um, but yeah, as John said, trying to change an Agatha Christie book would be heresy. She's got so many, so many fans since her books were published. And obviously since passing her legend has only grown. I think she's sold uh, over a hundred million copies of her books. And I think most people realize that she is synonymous with the murder mystery who done it genre. She's almost, she is like the, the godmother of this genre. And this isn't the first time we've seen this adaptation. It's certainly not the first um, Hercule Poirot uh, adaptation we've seen. Uh, David Suchet being the most famous one in recent years. But Kenneth Branagh it gives us a sequel now to uh, Murder on the Orient Express from 2017, which is a film that I didn't really dislike. Uh, obviously, a year or so later, you had another murder mystery in Knives Out, which blew Orient Express out of the water. But I thought Murder on the Orient Express was pretty good. It was fine. You know, nothing wrong with it. Um, And they teased Death on the Nile in that film, which is probably Agatha Christie's most famous work. Um, Kenneth Branagh was going to come back to do it. So coming into this thinking, well, I didn't dislike Murder on the Orient Express. Let's see what he does with this one. And I think my top level uh, summation of this film is unremarkable is the best thing I can say about Death in the Nile, in that whilst I was watching it, I was fine with it. It wasn't a bad film. It's not uh, It's not terrible. It's not offensive to my senses. But I was never really ever taken by it. I was never gripped by it. And a lot of that is because of how Kenneth Branagh has decided to adapt this in terms of when he decides to actually introduce the, the murder at the centre of this and his investigation. I find it very odd, the point that he decides to... Uh, add this into the story because you know if you've seen the film you may understand where i'm coming from um he spends a lot of time setting up the characters to see scene and a absurd origin story for poirot's moustache which genuinely yeah. happened and i could not believe what i was seeing but um yeah it's, it's, it's a forgettable film for me because i i enjoyed it for, for the most part whilst watching it but when i came out of the theater i did have this kind of nagging sense of was that it? You know, that was fine. You know, I didn't feel the suspense. I didn't really get into the mystery or the intrigue because I think that Kenneth Branagh as Poirot is, I think he's the problem with the films in that the films are less about the mystery or the murders than they are about Poirot himself, which for me is a big no-no in a murder mystery because I'm more interested in the murder, the mystery, unraveling the clues and, you know, kind of the raising the eyebrow at all of the suspects, which I think Ryan Johnson's Knives Out did really, really well. I think that yeah. introduced the the characters, the suspects, it set the murder up at an appropriate time. And though it had a twist in it in terms of who the murder was, we found out, and then we had to, we're following Benoit Blanc trying to unravel it. There was still enough there to make it very intriguing. Um, it's, it went from a whodunit to they done it and how they're going to get away with it. Very interesting. Whereas this one was, it was fine. It looked fun. It looked a bit strange as well because you could tell when it was, you could tell when they were on location and when they weren't, put it like that. And when they weren't, it was very jarring to me. It um, had a whiff of the Star Wars prequels about it in terms of how some of the sets, the uh, yeah. green screen looked. But I think in terms of the performances, um, everyone's, Fine. I mean, uh, Army Hammer's in it, and I imagine he ate the rest of the cast afterwards. I don't know what he gets up to in his spare time, but he shall not be named. I know there was a lot of controversy going in, 
because of what he's been up to online, which I'm not going to get into. But um, I kind of noticed that he uh, he wasn't really front and center in the marketing. They they were very much focusing on Gal Gadot's character, and I yeah. think for for somebody who gets flack for her acting abilities, I think she was fine here. You know, the role she's given, I think she's good actually. She's she slips into that quite well. I think I don't think she's outstanding, but I think she's fine. And that Benning uh, is never is never not good. Uh, Kenneth Branagh as Poirot is fine, but it's a bit too too many flourishes for my liking sometimes. Mm. Um, and, that for the, and then that aside, the rest of the cast is kind of filled with British comedians, which did take me out. You've got Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders in there, which stuck out like a sore thumb for me. Russell Brand is a doctor who I think was fine. There's a little little change of tact for it old took Russ. me a minute to recognize him, too, because I'm yes. like, he seems familiar. And then that actually was more distracting because <laughs> I was like, who is that? Is that? No. that What? Like, exactly. I had the uncanny valley because I mean, I've I've known follow like, of Russ for. I remember I've said before on the show. I I used to listen to the Russell Brand podcast in two thousand and five, two thousand and five, and then th- th- through two thousand and eight or nine. So then I I know of him kind of from his personality and mannerisms from then. He's since changed and become this kind of this spiritualist, uh, um, sort of the anti Joe Rogan, if you will. Uh, but yeah. I'm kind of looking at him thinking. I'm waiting for him to crack. I'm waiting for the voice to, to, to appear. That's Russell Brand. And at one point it does when he has to shout, I was like, there's Russell Brand. But again, I thought he was fine change of tax from what I'm used to seeing. You know, there's nothing wrong with this film apart from the visuals. I think the visually, the film is not great, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's a good film, but I can't sit here with both hands up and say, this is really good. This is great. Or even that I recommend it. Because I think that Murder on, on the Orient Express is a better film. This goes for bigger, and this tries to be. I think this is trying to be more of a film than Orient Express, which I think leans more heavily on the murder mystery aspect. I think this is going for more cinematic scope, but I don't think it works as well as Murder on the Orient Express, which I know had a lot of detractors. But yeah, I, it, it was it was fine. It's not bad. It's not great. I know I've said that a few times, but I genuinely did come out of this thinking. You know, I've seen that. I've got no, I've got no desire to watch that again. There was nothing. There was no one thing which was which stood out. Usually, I can think of one thing which is like, okay, everything was average, but this was great. Now, I think everything for me was just average across the board for this film. But uh, what about you, JB? What were your thoughts on Orient Express and and coming into this one as well? Um, I I didn't love the ending of Orient Express. I thought a lot, even a lot of the set pieces in that felt so contrived and mm-hmm. like unnatural like when they choose to have interviews and how they conduct the interviews I, I think this is problematic of both movies and it might be that maybe this is how the novels are written and i just haven't read the novels and thus have no like context but the tone always feels so all over the place like there's moments where i'm like am i supposed to be laughing at this scene am i supposed to think this is preposterous like i, I can't always tell what i'm supposed to be feeling in the moments of the film and that's jarring because I'm, I'm like, wait, should I be taking this seriously? Um, and the end of, of Orient Express, I think, was really indicative because there's basically a recreation of The Last Supper. Yes. Um, there's like yes. a long table. Everyone's on one side <laughs> of it. And, that was and weird. I, I was like, what is this movie? And this movie doesn't go as extreme with the set pieces. There's a few moments that were like, this is not how a detective would interview people. Like, this is just, it's preposterous. But 
there are other times where it feels like we're supposed to be so invested and supposed to feel serious. And Knives Out does that too. Knives mm. Out has that merging of humor and seriousness, but it just works way better. And it's impossible in my eyes to watch these two movies that came out around the same time and not compare them. And Knives Out is just a better version of the whodunit story. Um, add in Brana's uh, clear, like, love of being this guy like he loves the flamboyance of this guy um the scene where he orders seven desserts and then we're like stuck with his ocd for a second as he debates like i can't have seven it has to be an even number and then like it's just those little like character flourishes and like you said getting the origin story for the mustache is like hearing how han solo got his name some things oh, are just better God. left as a mystery um i do th- i felt like the mystery here was better than Orient Express. Most, more like the solution of it was better. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hated the the answer to the first one. I, I, I don't want to spoil the other one, but I felt like this one was a little more believable in some ways. Um, a lot of the dialogue feels really cheesy. Uh, like you said, it is... I'm going to say his name. Army Hammer. Um, given the nature of the problems that he's centered around right now in real life make a lot of the scenes in this movie really, really gross. Yes. Um, Cause yes. he's like hypersexualized in this film and it's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, maybe mm-hmm. don't show that. Like there's a scene with him and Gal Gadot where she's like basically dry humping him and it's pretty disturbing. Like it's a bit much um, again, especially it wouldn't have been, it would have been weird even if he wasn't surrounded by that controversy. Cause it's a weird scene. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like two people who are in love with each other, like at all. Like it's just weird grinding dance thing on the middle of like a, like a cliff face. Like it's so, it's such a weird set piece scene, but then mm-hmm. the fact that it is army hammer, you're just like, okay, well this is kind of gross now. Like maybe, you know, and again, they didn't know that when they were filming it the first time it was delayed because of COVID. And then that's where a lot of the controversies kind of came up. Um, it's interesting that they didn't do anything about it not that they should not that every time something happens and lest it be no i don't agree or condone army hammer's behavior but uh some like certain films like uh all the money in the world obviously they went a very drastic route yes route but it's it's interesting that and west side stories had a similar kind of cloud hanging over it but but they would have that they've just gone ahead with it yeah the reshoots for all the money in the world though were mostly isolated shots of plumber yes and that helped where they would have had to like army hammer is never really alone in this movie. So they would have had to re bring everybody back in and shoot scenes over. And it would have been a bit much. Um, I did at the same time. I didn't, I don't dislike this movie. I just was, it felt more puzzling than enjoyable at the same time. It, it is captivating. There is some really interesting set pieces. It is, you know, it's a pretty movie. I don't think this movie is bad. I will say some people are really hard on this uh, and mm-hmm. really, really hated it. I don't think it's great. And I'm very excited for Knives Out 2, which I think when that comes out, it'll really put this film to shame at what level uh, you can tell this type of story and get, you know, and make it compelling. Because um, I do think uh, the mystery, while well, are well executed, there's some things that feel maybe a little too telegraphed. And um, I I don't know. There was just something lacking, like you said, and maybe it's just the forgettable nature of this. It's just, it, it leaves you like, okay. Um, and I do think that, like you said also, that Hercule, Hercule, Hercule. I, I say, um, is 
two at the center of this. He is the protagonist. And uh, like at a Sherlock Holmes story, Sherlock is the protagonist, but I don't feel like this story wants him to be the protagonist. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's really not about his journey of solving the crime yet. They kind of shoehorn that in because of that, the framing device with the, the origin story. And then um, it's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know that he had any actual character growth or I don't fully (laughs) understand why he had character growth. Like the things that he went through didn't have to be personal and they don't entirely feel personal yet. He seems to have had a mood, like a personal journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. The, the, the character is really hard to wrap my head around because he is, there's like an arrogance about him and yet there isn't. And I don't know. It's like the, the detective should, should really be at the center of a murder mystery, but it's the, it's the, it's the way the character's delivered for me. It's very, very bombastic and almost flamboyant at times. Not obviously when he's picking his desserts, fine, you know, have fun, cool character moments like that. That was the cool. But I think for the mo- it, the story becomes too much about the detective's personality rather than the detective's methods of breaking down the case, yes. and that's where it becomes an issue. And like when you think of like knives, I, I'm going to keep going to knives out. But Daniel Craig's character is very similar in that he is he's very big. He's doing a southern accent that's not obviously if you know Daniel Craig, not in his wheelhouse. That's not <laughs> that's not his norm. Um, local lucky begs to differ. Yes, no, but I, and I think, I'm sorry, but not in his wheelhouse implies he can't do it. I think he does it great. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not his norm. And, mm. um, yet, like, he is the center of Knives Out, but there's an empathy he has for the other characters, like, especially Anna de Armas in that, that it makes him feel human. And I think Hercule is supposed to have empathy for at least two or three characters, but he's so, it doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel real. It just feels like this guy pretending to have feelings for these people Mm -hmm. versus like genuinely having empathy or love or concern or compassion, which I think Daniel Craig's character does really, really well in knives out. Um, and then maybe that would make me invest a little more in Hercule. If I believed he was a human and I don't like, I don't buy him as a person at all. (laughs) Um, and yeah, but uh, overall I think it's, it's very forgettable, um, especially to have so much talent, um, on board, but Maybe that's an overstatement. Maybe Gal Gadot's not that talented. Like she's not bad, but maybe she's, she's a name. Yeah, she's she's a face and a name. And again, Wonder Woman. I think she showed really, really great promise. And then Wonder Woman eighty four. That promise became like redundant, bland, boring performance. And that's kind of what you get here. It's like she's reading lines, but it feels like she's reading lines. It doesn't feel like a performance. It just feels like, okay, now say this, and it's. Like that, that champagne for the Nile line is so bad. Like it's oh, not only dude. badly written, but it's delivered badly. Yeah, there's, there's a few lines that are delivered, uh, perhaps a kind of wooden throughout this. And the dialogue isn't great. And for a, a good murder mystery, which would include knives out again, sorry, listeners, it is a knives out loving almost. It's not meant to be Yeah, a, a good murder mystery is as much about the dialogue for me as it is about the characters at the heart of it. Um, this film did have the, the classic scene, which I think was probably one of the better scenes in the film where, you know, it's a who's who we've got the detective now, who's now introducing the, 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 uh, the suspects at play and how they've wronged each other and their, how, and how they link into one another. So there's so-and-so over there. They did this as and this, which then annoyed this person. Who is this? The classic setup scene done well here. Can't argue with that, but it just wasn't particularly exciting 
in the way it's written as well, Wendy. They 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 kind of go for trying. They try to go for exciting scenes with um, I don't want to say action, but you know there are I'm you know kind of action light scenes, and they just kind of fall flat as well. And it's a shame because you can tell, like you said, you can tell how much Kenneth Branagh really loves playing Hercule Poirot. He's, you know, this is uh, and and the stories of Agatha Christie. The fact that he's pushed it, pushed on with a sequel. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be another film where they're going to make it a trilogy or an ongoing selection of films. But it's clear from how much effort and love he put into Orient Express and now this one that he clearly cares about the character and the source material. It's just a shame for me that the films themselves just haven't lived up to the potential because the the cast in the first film was fantastic. And the cast in this one is very good as well. So they've got all of the ingredients. But there's, there's, there's something falls short. There's something missing. And well, there's a few things. Like I said, a dialogue. Yeah, ex- I want to say interesting characters. Uh, and a compelling murder mystery. Even though this is based on uh, famous source material, it just hasn't been adapted well for me. It, or in a way which really grabs my attention. So it's dis- disappointing is how I would probably uh, phrase this. Because I, was, I wasn't over the moon for this film but i was excited because every time a new murder mystery comes out whether it's this knives out or Express, i get excited because of what what they might be able to give us i love a murder mystery even the family guy murder mystery i was i love that because there's something about the genre which which hooks me and you know for my own personal taste i was disappointed in this film but it's not an awful film but i don't think it's as good as orient express which to a lot of people probably will say something yeah, um, agree. So, uh, do you have any more to add on Death of the Nile, my friend? No, let's let it die. Yep, let's let it die and float in the Nile. Uh, our spoiler review will be hitting the airwaves on Monday, just on the same BAMP podcast feed, so do check that out. But we'll move on now to our next segment, which we call Chuffed Headlines. Uh, here, me and John, we grab a movie or pop culture headline that caught our attention and we tell the whole world about it. So, John, which one have you gone for this week? Well, there are so many trailers and or new like cuts of trailers dropped on uh, Super Bowl Sunday here in the States. I don't know if it's yeah. Super Bowl-rific over there. Um, oh, yes, it is. But uh, the, the one that grabbed me, it actually technically dropped earlier that day, which was the Nope trailer, the new Jordan Peele movie. I, I love Get Out. I love Us. So I was, I've been really waiting to learn more about Nope. Like, what is Nope going to be? Because that title gave us nothing, right? Just like Us gave us no real indication of what to expect that movie to be. Yep. Um, and so this trailer dropped. We get Kiki Palmer. We get Daniel Kalula. Um, the uh, full trailer has uh, some film history stuff in it that got me really excited because I know Jordan <laughs> Peele is a film buff. Um, I love this trailer. I'm so hyped for it. It looks like it might be an alien movie. It's hard to know for sure. Um, there's definitely, that is the vibe that I got. I'm curious what you thought. Um, I cannot wait to see Nope. It might be my most anticipated film of the year right now. Uh, at least off the top of my head, there's probably mm-hmm. other movies I'm really excited for, but this is one I cannot wait to see. What, what about you? Oh, same. I think I, I think I heard, I was told what, I'm not going to say what, but what Nope stands for. I think I, oh. I, I was told the other day, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. But, um, but I thought the trailer would, I thought the trailer was pretty good. Yeah. It, it succeeded in not really giving an awful lot away whilst also p- possibly kind of hinting at the, at where the story's going to go. But um, yeah, look, Daniel Kalu is in it. He didn't say much, but he's just got a presence about him. Yeah, Interesting to see Kiki Palmer. 
in a in a leading role now again see what she can do and the the main thing i took away from the trailer was it looked good the film history part was cool as well um but you know get out was a smaller film in terms of its budget production and locations us it got a little bit bigger but this now looks like a bigger budget horror film from Jordan yeah. Peele. I don't know how, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a hundred million. Of course you don't find many horrors that are, but it seems to be, it seems like he's gone a little bit bigger in scope now. So I'm interested to see what he can do with that because he's shown that he can do the smaller films really well. And I include us in that. Cause I still think it's fairly small in scope compared to some, this looks bigger now. And I'm interested. Look, he's two for two for me as well. I really, I, I preferred us to get out, but that's, saying really something, the fact that i thought get out was damn fine as well um but i find myself watching us more i rewatch it more uh so he's two for two for me so i've got absolutely no question uh going into this no doubts that i'm of my excitement levels going in so now it's up to the man himself to uh see if he can uh get another touchdown pass three for three yeah I, i'm yeah. very hopeful i can't wait i'm excited for it yeah, but I'm just on that as well, dude. Jurassic World Dominion, Ambulance, Top Gun Maverick, Sonic 2, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange 2, The Rings of Power. Uh, we got so many trailers from Super Bowl Sunday. It was unbelievable. Jurassic World Dominion, thought was great. Doctor Strange 2, thought was great. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, I'll pass judgment when I see the show. Same. Same. Uh, for me though my friend mine may seem like a kind of pull, pulled out of the dark but it shall all become apparent later on um, but it's the news that Stranger Things season 4 has been confirmed in two parts we're getting a volume 1 and a volume 2 uh, volume 1 releases on May the 27th 2022 and volume 2 will release 5 weeks later on July the 1st 2022 of course on Netflix um, and it's also news that uh, there's only going to be five scenes as well. The the Duffer brothers have come out now, Matt and Ross, and said, there's only going to be season four will be the penultimate season. Season five will be the last. This is the story they've always wanted to tell. And Stranger Things is, is huge. You know, it's become an absolute like pop culture juggernaut. Uh, some of us have seen some of it, which is, which is great. Some of us have probably seen, others have probably seen more of it, but... Um, it was just the news that it kind of came out of nowhere and it's uh, it's got a lot of people excited online that we've now got a date for volume one and volume two of season four, because it's such a big story. They said it's like, you know, such a big story that they had to split it into two. That's what they've said anyway. And then season five that they don't give any date as to when that will come out, but you've got to assume it will be next year or 2024 at the very latest. But um, John, stranger things. Are you a fan? Have you seen them? Are you excited by this? I am. Uh, I I like the first three seasons a lot. I I feel like it it felt like it ended at season three. Mm-hmm. They did have a clear reference to something that could continue at the end of three, but it, three did feel like a conclusion. Um, so I'm surprised to hear they're claiming that they had always planned for five because it's like, well, it's been a couple of years since three. Also, are you sure? Like, did you mean <laughs> to let everybody age this much? Because like your kids are no longer kids. Like they're they're all grown up now. Um, or at least very close. Like Finn mm-hmm. Wolfhard is like rocking long hair and is a rock musician. Like he doesn't look like Mike at all anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess I suppose they didn't expect to be not waylaid by a pandemic for however many years. But. Definitely hurts, but it still feels like they could have started for, because w- when did season three come out? Like 2017, 2018? Uh, 
I don't know, but I want to say about 28, 20, when is the first one? 2013? Oh man, is it that long? Um, it's I'm been going on for now. a while. You're, you're Googling live on air as well. Same as me. Stranger yeah. Things season three was 2019. Oh, okay. Wow. It feels like it was longer than that. Oh no, right? it's just a lie. It's a lie. First episode. Oh, oh no. Yeah. 29. It's okay. Stranger Things three was released worldwide exclusively via Netflix on 29, July the 4th, 2019. Okay, the first season was 2016. So, okay, fine. Got it. So, all right. So, I, I didn't think it was that old. Uh, yeah, but so it, it was right before the pandemic. I guess I, I felt like it was long before the pandemic where they could have started filming before the pandemic hit. But yeah, I guess it would have been, they could have been filming into the pandemic, basically, mm-hmm. like, and that would have halted production. But um, it does, I mean, it's, it's three years since the last season, so it is, that's a long time when traditional TV shows were yearly, right? Like, it's not common for you to have a three-year gap between seasons. Um, and again, granted, there was COVID, so uh, understandable. Um, I, I'm hyped for this. Uh, I hope it, you know, really works still, and I hope they're able to make it feel like it's a continuation. I'm wondering if they will have more years have passed between the last season and this season than like, is every season so far, I think it was just a year. So I mm-hmm. wonder if maybe like two or three years will have gone by in the show itself. So that maybe we're getting, maybe we'll get into the nineties. Cause like it was 84 with season two. Cause that's when ghostbusters comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I feel, I'm pretty sure season three was just like immediately after. So I don't think that much time had passed. So, uh, um, hmm. I'm curious if we're going to jump ahead or not, but uh, I'm excited. So we get it in May. That's uh, at least the first part of it. Did they say if the first part is going to be half the episodes or is it going to be like a full season? Uh, they, haven't, the they haven't said um, the verbatim se- seven years ago, we planned out the complete story arc for stranger things. At the time we predicted the story would last four to five seasons. It uh. proves too large to tell in four, but as you'll soon see for yourselves, we are we are now hurtling toward our finale. So I don't know. It's a very str- it's really strange on Netflix's uh, behalf and the Duffers if they have just taken a full season and just split it in half. My only, I mean, how how many episodes are there? There's what ten and eight in the season so far. Unless this is like sixteen episodes and they're going to have, or, or twelve episodes and they're going to have six and six or something like that. But even then, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and then you're almost like, um, why not just call it season five and six? Why make yeah, it season exactly. four, part two? Like, what is that about? So yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, well, well, as I said, we'll soon find out. I'm assuming there's going to be a very obvious reason for it, and I'm uh, looking forward to finding out what that is. But um, just before we move on, you just mentioned Ghostbusters. I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention, uh, obviously, the passing yeah. of Ivan Reitman this week, who was the man behind Ghostbusters. And damn, I mean. Where else do you start with Ivan Reitman's um, achievements and his CV? But it's a, it's a sad loss to, to Hollywood, to comedy, uh, and to film in general. And um, very sad to, to hear the news. Uh, but I'm so glad that he got to work with his son, Jason, on Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was a love letter to the film that he created alongside Dan Aykroyd and the guys. So it's kind of fitting that, you know, his kind of epitaph is ghostbusters afterlife which is kind of a salute to what he gave the world so uh yeah very sad news about ivan reitman this week yeah i completely agree and i mean i I, it's really cool that he got to see afterlife so there is that like 
you know, silver lining that he lived long enough to see the, his son, in our opinion, continue the greatness that is the Ghostbusters trilogy, um, the official trilogy now. So, yes. So, uh, rest in peace, Ivan Reitman. So now we'll move on to our our next segment, which is media consumption. It's the segment where we talk about the films, TV shows, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, uh, comics, whatever we've consumed in the past week since the last episode. So, John, you've always got a pretty good smorgasbord uh, of entertainment. What have you been checking out, sir? Well, as per usual, um, I've been listening to the Blank Check podcast. Uh, We've almost completed the Jane Campion uh, run. I think we have um, three more movies in the cut. Uh, Star, uh, oop, forgot Bright Star, and um, uh, the 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 Power of the Dog, the the big one that's from the new one last yeah. year. Um, and so that was a good episode. Holy smoke, wild movie! I, I did watch that. Um, uh, Holy smoke is really hard to get. You well, not hard to get. You have to either rent or buy. You can't um, you can't stream it on anything. Uh, mm-hmm. outside of that but um it's crazy because it's kate winslet's follow-up to titanic and it's such a different movie so um, weird isn't it yeah yeah um and then uh i had to buy portrait of a lady on uh blu-ray because it's not streaming at all and man i i have to say i'm i'm very torn about john malkovich as an actor i don't know <laughs> that yep. he's really good um i feel like and there's a story with matt damon talking about them on rounders and like him leaning over and saying like i'm a terrible actor and i don't know i think he might be telling the truth in that story i think he might <laughs> yeah. just be a terrible actor that we just accept um he's definitely a wild actor if nothing else but uh so i watched mm-hmm. those two jane campion films um, and her last one, uh, Bright Star. Uh, I, I've seen all of her films now. Um, I actually like Bright Star a lot. That one really took me by surprise. Uh, I didn't know um, it was going to actually work for me, and it really, really did. And I found the romance to be endearing. I also found the story to be quite tragic. I didn't halfway through the. I, I, I realized how little I knew about John Keats as a poet, and I was I like, seen this film. Ah, it's based on the actual real life poet. Uh, it's played by Ben Wishaw. It's on Netflix nice. here in the States. Um, I don't know if it is over there or not, but uh, I was like watching it and then it like dawned on me that hey, this is a real person. And I'm like, Oh no, wait a second. And so I Googled him and I, it kind of spoiled where the movie was going in a way because I learned a detail about John Keats that I didn't know. Never um, Googled during the film, John. Yeah. Well, but again, true story. So my fault for not knowing more about the man <laughs> anyways, but um, so caught that. Um, and then, uh, with my wife, I watched uh, "Marry Me." Um, oh yeah, uh, which I liked quite a bit. Uh, it's not great; it's not like a masterpiece of rom coms, but I like rom coms. I found it very satisfactory. Um, my wife also enjoyed it. Um, I uh, then we watched. Um, man, I, there's two movies I had left off of here. Uh, we also watched um, the Sandra Bullock Netflix movie that I'm having a hard time remembering the name of. Oh, uh, you told me about this. Um... John said the other day, have I watched Un- this film and I hadn't thought about it? Unforgive. It's not unforgivable. unforgivable. No. Unforgivable. It is unforgivable. Um, it is unforgivable. It's based on a TV show that was called The Unforgiven, though. Um, but it's the the movie is unforgivable. And um, we liked that. It, it was uh, quite um, a compelling story. And I think Sandra Bullock's performance is, is very uh, jarring. It's very it's a very serious film, but it's, it's really well done. 
I think it's well done. Um, and I found it to be a contemplation on the, the point of prison system. Like is, is a person ever able to really be rehabilitated? Um, or are they always a criminal after they commit a crime, um, or are convicted of a crime? And we then caught the new rom-com on Amazon prime. I want you back. Um, which is Charlie Day and Jenny Slate's movie that has Scott Eastwood in it, which is usually not a great sign. Um, <laughs> but uh, we really like this movie. I like Charlie Day normally, but I really loved him in this. I found him, this is one of my favorite Charlie Day performances um, because there was, he was like, often he doesn't feel like a real person in the movies that he's in. He felt like a real person in this. And I really found that charming and, um, Jenny Slate, I usually really like anyways. I think she's super funny and, uh, their, their chemistry was strong. Um, really fun rom-com, uh, definitely better than marry me. Like marry me is solid. JLo and Owen Wilson are doing their thing. Sarah Silverman is super funny, but I found, I want you back to just be like a better kind of pushing the, uh, the genre forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly for movie club, I, I watched atonement. Yep. And man, that's a movie, uh, that movie kicked me in the gut i didn't ex- know what i was getting into with that film uh, great cast as well tough. very good cast um james mcavoy uh very young saoirse ronan um a joe wright film who uh, is the director i'm starting to realize i like so- i haven't seen a lot of his movies but i've seen so- the, the three or four that i've seen i really have enjoyed um i have not watched the woman in the window and i'm kind of shocked that that's his movie because that movie seems to be panned quite badly yeah. um but uh yeah that's what i've been watching um, movie wise, I also, I'm up to date on Peacemaker, except for today is the last episode and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So I'll probably watch that tomorrow. And, um, did watch the finale for book of Boba Fett, which I can't believe that was already over a week ago. Um, hmm. I, uh, yeah, you know, um, there are good things in it. Uh, there are some bad things about the series as a whole. Um, I found some of the bits to be a bit cheesy and as much as I tend to like Robert Rodriguez, I kind of want him out of my Star Wars. Um, I don't think he <laughs> fully gets the tone. Um, and yeah, uh, and I've been playing Dying Light 2, which is a new zombie parkour game. A lot of fun. Pretty um, good? I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I find it to be challenging enough that it, you have to like focus, but not so stressful that it's like unbearable. Like it's not like some survival games where like, you know, if you die, you have to start over kind of thing. This game is like, no, you died. It's fine. You respawn and do it again. Um, and I like that because I, I like to be able to like, I want to be able to fail and not be punished for it in the game. Like if I screw up, cool, you're not going to have to start over kind of thing. You know, that's not yeah. how I like my games. Sweet. Um, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we dropped our recap on the sessions last week. So it's out there in the world, but on a top level, uh, I thought the finale, I think I called it anticlimactic. I think I also called it underwhelming for the most part. Uh, and said that the series left a, a bitter taste in my mouth. And I, you know, you know me, listen, I'm a, a Star Wars through and through, but the potential of that show was whittled away in in favour of this uh, a nonsensical approach to try and tie in this Mandoverse, which would have been fine if they just had changed some of the con- naming conventions, sorted out the marketing, and maybe not, uh, and maybe just changed the structure of the episodes. Maybe had they brought certain characters in earlier in the series, it wouldn't have been quite so jarring when things happen later on. And, and I, but at the same time, though, it's the biggest uh, dichotomy for me because I, 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 lo- I really enjoyed the season as a whole. I really did. Uh, even though the, even the jarring, two jarring episodes late in the season were fantastic stars. So, and there was nothing wrong with the original ones because I liked uh, seeing Boba's journey, like the flashbacks, 
uh, him and Fennec. And I didn't hate the finale. It's just still kind of a, because I hadn't set it up enough because there wasn't enough context given or stakes raised. It just felt a bit s- small. I mean, it felt it just didn't feel like I really was was invested as I should be. One thing I'm glad about is that there was no galactic scale warfare or, you know, the, the galaxy wasn't at stake. It was just this little corner of Tatooine, which is great. You know, that small scale look at it. But at the same time, it managed to feel very small. But I, I still enjoyed it. I still liked an awful lot of elements of it. And as a season as a whole, I think it was good. But I do think it could have been better, which is a, a shame. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, on, t- on staying on TV and tying into the the headline earlier on, I finally sat down and started Stranger Things again. I, I'd been telling the world I've seen the first episode of season one. I lied. I'd actually seen the first two episodes a year or so ah. ago. Um so and I watched the, the 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 remaining eight episodes of season one a couple of days ago, and I really enjoyed it. I know which I always thought I would do because this very much my aesthetic and tone and time period in terms of what, yeah. what kind of genres I like, and and I really enjoyed it. I haven't started season two yet. I'm going to start that tomorrow uh, upon recording, and I hope to have season two and three done by by the end of the weekend. Having heard the news that this when season four is coming out, I know I've got three months to to watch it or watch them, but I want to get them done now. I haven't been spoiled, so I don't know anything about season two or three. I don't know who lives, dies, survives. I don't know what happens. So I'm quite blessed in that sense, but I'm really digging it so far. I know my brother's a big fan of it and he's been banging on at me for a long time. So about it. So I finally watched it and I enjoyed it. So (laughs) next week I hope to be able to give a thumbs up or down to season two and three, but I spoke to, I literally spoke to three people about this. One of them said season one was their favorite. You know where I'm going with this. The other said season two is their favorite. And guess what the third person said? Season one. No, I'm season sorry. three. They said, yeah. <laughs> yeah which yeah. is, which would be your favorite, John, out of the three, if you had to pick one. I know it's a redundant question sometimes, but I think two. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been a while since I last watched it. So uh, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it since it came up, since season three came out. But um, okay. I think two, I really like the Ghostbuster stuff, obviously. So like that, I, those that's pictures, yeah, so. what really reminds me of that season the most is the, like the Ghostbuster stuff. Um, I, I liked three though. There's some things I don't like about two and three, which is mostly Dockery, um, whatever his name is. Like, I don't love that character. So um, you haven't met him yet. He's in season two. But um, I usually like him as an actor, but there's just something about him in two and three that I don't don't love. And so that that's I think what hurts those seasons for me. Not a lot though. I, I still enjoy both shows quite a bit, or both seasons quite a bit. Well, I'm quite I, I, I'm enthused to know that the quality is at least as good as season one, if not better. So yes, that's yeah. good to know. Uh, films. Uh, I, I finally watched uh, PTA's Licorice Pizza finally got actually got it to see it um you were quite up on this film weren't you if i remember yeah big time big time oh oh, john i'm sorry oh you didn't like it huh no i I didn't dislike the film i thought i mean the 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 controversy in the middle of it well the the whole thing about the whole age gap that did gross me out i got it i can't lie i know there was i think a lot of people have taken it out of context and who maybe haven't seen the film but I was a bit gross. It, 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 it creeped out by the end of it, but um, I just, for me, it just felt, it didn't feel anywhere near as good as something like the Phantom Thread, which felt so tight or, or, you know, there will be blood, anything like that. It just felt very messy to me at points to the point where I actually got lost watching it thinking, what the, what the hell's going on? We've gone from here and now we're, you know, selling waterbeds and then it moves on to something else. And I thought, well, I'm not entirely sure what's happening here. 
and I wasn't the biggest fan of the two lead characters. I think the I think the performances are bonkers good, and I now see why Alana Haim was your choice at the Bampies for the best actress. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Cooper um, Hoffman, very very good as well. But I just couldn't click with the characters themselves. I didn't find them particularly likable. Um, so I was slightly disappointed by this film yeah, and hate it, but it was. It it wasn't my it wasn't a film I'd hoped it to be. I like the the vibe and tone and setting of it though. It's hard not to, but didn't quite click for me, JP. But um, I, I I am I'm not surprised that the performances are getting such a such a good uh, reception because they were fabulous to lead to. Um, I watched Midnight Special uh, on Blu-ray. The Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton, Adam Driver. Uh, Kirsten Dunst sci-fi from about five six years ago. I like that film. I, I think that's, I think that's decent. A fairly overlooked sci-fi film of the last decade. Uh, Afterlife. I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Not necessarily in response to the sad news about Ivan Reitman, but you know, here here in um, you know, seeing the, the outpouring of love. I had I have Afterlife on my shelf physically now as well. I'll put that on. I want to watch it. I want to see as well if it holds up. Me and John put it in our top five of last year, and I have to, and I had to check. I was like, right, I've, I'm a couple of months removed now. Is it that good, or, or or was I just in a nostalgia haze? But I loved it, man. I was in still from minute one to the end. I still cried. I still cheered. I'm in, um, and I've been missing out. I've been missing Tamura. T- sorry, Temuera Morrison. I've been saying his name wrong. It's Temuera. I've been missing Temuera Morrison. Now that now that the book of Boba Fett's over, so I went back and watched his his breakout role, his breakout film, which is uh, Lee Tamahori's Once Were Warriors, powerful nineteen ninety four film from uh, New Zealand, centered on the Maori culture and um, how it's. Well, if you haven't watched it, watch it. it. I've seen it many times now, but it is superb. I don't know if you've seen it or not, JB. I have not. It's fantastic. It's. Uh, I think it's called like the most, I think it's New Zealand's kind of most, th- th- what they were classed as their best ever film is once more. Oh, wow. So Tim, Tim, where Morrison stars and it, Rena Owen leads the film as well. And she's also, she was also in the prequels, Star Wars as Torn Wee on Camino. So eight years before Attack of the Clones, these two are already rocking the lead roles together. But um, yeah, I think, I think this is a fantastic film but it's not an easy watch as well for those who want to go and watch it it is not an easy watch there are certain scenes which still now after many times of watching it i almost have to kind of look away whilst watching because it's they're caught there there's some very heavy subjects and very heavy scenes in it but uh once warriors really like that and i found my battlefront 2 disc star wars battlefront 2 so i Ah. fired up the playstation 4 and i had a quick half an hour session on that just to see if I was any good at it or not. And I'm still not very good at it, but um, <laughs> I, haven't played, I haven't gamed for ages. I've been a bit, I've kind of fallen off gaming again, but I enjoyed playing Battlefront 2. So uh, yeah, John, if, you have, if you've got Battlefront 2, we'll have to get on a play one day. I do. I have it on both systems, actually. We'll have to get on a play sometime, my friend. One day, uh, we definitely should try it. I haven't played, I don't play a lot of PS4. I'm more, I am one of the weird ones who really has just stuck with Xbox over the years, uh, m- mostly because of Halo. But mm-hmm. um, I did, uh, I upgraded my Xbox uh, One to an Xbox Series X recently. Um, and that's, you know, I decided to go that route, partly because both PS5 and the Xbox Series are really hard to get. Mm-hmm. But the, um, 
Xbox Series X had an option to like do a payment plan, and it, it not only gave you a guarantee of getting one, which seemed impossible otherwise, but it also um, came with two years of their Game Pass and uh, included with the cost, like of the it's it's not oh. included with the cost, like it is you're paying for it, but it's the same price as if you paid for it all at once, but you're financing it instead. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, the easiest way I, I've had to get one, and they shipped it right to my house. Um, you still buy it through, like, GameStop or Walmart or Best Buy. You kind of pick your retailer. But they uh, they ship it to you, and then you can pay it off early. Like So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pay it off. But um, I really wanted to upgrade my system. I, I, I wanted the X because I want the drive. I want to be able to watch movies yeah. on it because um, we're physical media people. Um, when when optional. I'm also I, – I like digital media too, but I do, I do like mine. So – um, I still have my PS4. I just I rarely hop on it, but but I'll, I'll, we'll have to schedule one day for us. One day, my friend. Also, I watched the, the tragedy of Macbeth. I got to shout that on Apple TV Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I like you, JP. Yeah. I still struggled with the Shakespearean lingo, Man. even as a fight a, a Brit myself. But I think Denzel was great in it. Francis McDormand having those two titans acting against each other was great. Francis McDormand and Denzel. And it looks great, you know, the four three aspect in black and white lent something to it. It wasn't just for show, yeah. and it, it 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 was it was it was a good film. Yeah, I, I liked it. it. I I wasn't blown away by it, but I'm glad. It, like you said, it didn't. It kind of breezed along quite nicely. It didn't. It wasn't sluggish. It didn't plod too much. It it's an hour and forty minutes, but it, it didn't feel like that for me. At one point, I went to see how long was left. I was like, Jesus, an hour's gone already. Fine, great. So, um, yeah, I liked it. I wouldn't be in my top 10 of, uh, it actually did come out last year in the United Kingdom very late on. So it wouldn't have been in my top 10 of the last year, but it's still a very good technical achievement by the, by Joel Cohen, I think it is. So, um, that was the media consumption then for this week, a, uh, a standard usual, uh, fine collection there, but that's just some of the ways that we take to remain bloody awesome. But we do have to yep. sometimes take, you know, bigger strides for which to stay bloody awesome in order to give you this bloody awesome content each week. So, John, how have you been staying bloody awesome this week? So, I wrote simply mistakes, but you might have noticed how I spelled it. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, so, I spelled it M-I-S-Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S, because on Valentine's Day, um, originally I was going to make uh, for the whole family, all four of us, um, uh, fettuccine Alfredo, like chicken Alfredo. Ooh. And I found out my uh, my daughter's boyfriend wanted to cook them dinner. So he was already cooking for them. So I was like, okay, well, I'll make dinner for Kathy and I. So I stopped oh. by our local grocery store. I got some steak for her. I got salmon for me. And I grill all the time, Matt. Like, I grill a lot. Like, in Florida, we don't really have a off-season for grilling because it's never cold enough to not grill. So I, I grill enough where I feel pretty confident with my abilities um, I had the steak and salmon on the grill. I went inside to grab something. I was in there maybe a couple minutes, and I came back out. And my grill was on fire, sir. Like it was oh, scary man. on fire. I thought I might have to call the like. I thought I might burn my house down for a second. I was able to get the fire out, singed a lot of my arm hair. I for legitimately a second, Jeez. I thought I might have lost my eyebrows. Um, and I, I the salmon somehow was okay. The steak looked ruined, and I was just like, oh, no. And I I was ready to cry because I was like, I've not only ruined Valentine's dinner, but I just spent a lot of money on this, and it's, like, wrecked. 
I, I did salvage the steak. Uh, Kathy Ooh. was way more like I was ready to like, I had to sit down for a minute cause I was so devastated. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm still not a hundred percent what went wrong with that. The, the grill just went up real hard and like, I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit, but it was like a lot of fire. Um, and again, I grill a lot and I've never had this happen. So I was really thrown. Um, I don't know what I, I put on the grill to make this happen, but, uh, for the most part, I managed to salvage dinner, uh, despite the mishap. I think Kathy might've been a little nice. I think the steak might've been a little too charred. It was one of those things too, where it was charred on the outside, like all the way around, mm-hmm. but the inside was completely raw still. Cause it was just like, so fire. Um, I was able to, like, I sliced it thin and then I put it in the oven under the broiler and like kind of made like medallions more than I did, uh, her New York strip the way it was supposed to be. Um, but she was still happy with it. She said, uh, and if she wasn't, man, she, she definitely played to my ego cause she made me feel good about it. And the salmon came out fine, but boy, what, what a <laughs> mistake, uh, was made. And sometimes we must yeah. learn from our mistakes, right? Like that, that's the pun I'm going for. Um, I, I will. I will be buying a new grill though. I'm pretty sure I've ruined my grill. Uh, like it, it got <laughs> so hot. Funny, but <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, don't know what went wrong. Um, I do know I need to clean my grill more often. So I'm guessing that's the, the end result here is I probably should have cleaned it a little bit more than I have recently. So there was maybe too much grease built up that it just ignited. But, um, yeah, crazy lucky. Thank goodness. I uh, didn't have to call the fire department on Valentine's day, but, uh, what about you, sir? What have you been doing to stay bloody awesome? Well, lessons learned, my friend. And hey, look, a, a a charred steak cooked by JB is still better than any steak cooked by anybody else. I will have everybody know that. So um, for me, well, I may kind of mention it. I, I've got this week off, so I've taken some time off, um, even though we've only just started back at work. But I thought, you know what? I, I deserve a week off. The plan was to spend it with um, the little one. But as I said, she had COVID. She was totally fine during it. She just had a cold and cold symptoms. But so I haven't been able to see her yet. But... Uh, I've been able to catch up on sort of things I want to do, whether that's uh, life admin, finally being able to actually watch some films or streaming series, um, going for walks, uh, meeting Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which, okay, I, I do will admit I had some of that, but it was really good. Um, and just, yeah, just sitting down and chilling out for a bit. Um, again, the post Christmas blues hit in January because it's in who likes January. And then February, is like, well, I'm going to take a week off in February and do my own thing. And then blast before blasting into the springtime. But um, pretty much just taking the time off, my friend, to recharge the batteries. I didn't have any plans for Valentine's Day this year, uh, though uh, I did still have a good one. What did I watch? I know what I watched, but it it was it was good Valentine's Day uh, mm. fair. Might have even been Stranger Things. I'm not sure. But uh I didn't burn any steaks, but I kind of wish I had done now, or I wish I'd been there to console you, my friend, because I felt, I felt genuinely hurt <laughs> genuinely when you said how much it pained you to see yeah. the steaks. But for me, yeah, it was just, you know, taking time off, chilling out, but I, you know, I, I stand in, cons- in condolence for the steak. Yeah. You know, it happens sometimes. We got to learn from our mistakes. Exactly. It happens to the best of us. So what, what did Michael Caine say? What do we what what do we do when we fall, Master Wayne? We get or whatever he says. We get up. Or, I think I've just we have to pick that. ourselves back up. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's I know it. what you mean. Said something like that in one of the Batman films where he was in. Uh, we'll be talking about that, the new Batman, in a couple of weeks' time. But that's going to yes. be it then for this episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Our non-spoiler review of Death on the Nile. John, would you recommend people go out and see Death on the Nile if they got the chance? If you really want to, and you can do it safely. 
yes, it's not a bad movie, but it's also it's not one you got to rush out and see. I would probably uh, agree with that, though. I I'd be a bit more hesitant to rush out to see it, even if it is safe to do it. Maybe wait till it's on streaming. Yeah. But um, next week, though, we're going to be coming back at you with our non-spoiler and spoiler review of Uncharted, the new Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg fronted video game adaptation, which drops uh, in a day or so's time by the time you're listening to this episode. So we'll be checking out Uncharted for next week. And if you want to tell us your thoughts on Death on an Isle, Uncharted or any films in general, you can find us online on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, where can they find us on Instagram? We're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Uh, on Facebook, Meta, just Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, you'll find us there. If you want to find me, you can do whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search What I Watch Tonight across all of the socials, and that does include Letterboxd. John, you. I am at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Go and follow John this instant, uh, and please do follow us, and please do rate and review the podcast if you like what we're doing here. A five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice really helps the show grow. It gets more listeners in. It bumps up, bumps us up the algorithm. Plus, it's just nice to hear from you guys each and every week, so please go ahead and do that. However, with that, as always... Stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bl